Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're so glad you joined us today. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC at Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, joining me today are a couple of people that are important here at the church, Pastor Tim, Pastor Dave, and my name is Spencer Snow. Um, we're happy to be with you again. Uh, Pastor Scott is out still um, with the birth of their new baby girl, um, so we miss him. Uh, but we are continuing our study, our uh, walkthrough of the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, um, covering uh, the the basic doctrines of what it means to uh, what well what Southern Baptists agree to cooperate around, um, and so we last week talked about the uh, last things. Um, now leaving that behind, we're going to be moving. <laughs> he can't help. It. I can't help. He it. Just, I'm sorry. I was slow to get that too. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then looked at me. I I'm love like, oh, yeah. it that you said. <laughs> it's like today, my um, oh, what did I say to him? um? Oh, because Uriah came up and told me he's like, because he or he was saying today to Courtney and whatever, and he was saying um, that the rabbit is shedding, and I said, well, that won't last forever, forever. No. <laughs> oh, God. It just comes out. It of just you, yeah. does. Did you know what I mean? No. Did they get it or just? I eventually like, did. You get? <laughs> yeah. He makes sure they get it. I make sure you gotta. <laughs> I gotta get the groan. Oh, dad. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's your skill set. That's probably your spiritual gift. Yeah. <laughs> One of your main spiritual gifts. One of the spiritual gifts is yeah. uh, trying to do that. Okay. Um, so anyway, so now we are moving now to uh, evangelism and missions, something that's actually pretty important for the whole founding of the SBC, um, the original founding, the reason for it being founded. Um the original stated purpose and intent was for the purpose of, of missions work to cooperate together for uh, the propagation of the gospel um, abroad and at home. So that is the uh, initial thing that the SBC was uh, founded around. And also this is uh, an important statement of what the uh, SBC believes and what our church has on uh, our church believes about uh, evangelism and missions, it says this, it is the duty and privilege of every follower of Christ and of every church of the Lord Jesus Christ to endeavor to make disciples of all nations. The new birth of man's spirit by God's Holy Spirit means the birth of love for others. Missionary effort on the part of all rests thus upon a spiritual necessity of the regenerate life and is expressly and repeatedly commanded in the teachings of Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ has commanded the preaching of the gospel to all nations. It is the duty of every child of God to seek constantly to win the loss to Christ by verbal witness, undergirded by a Christian lifestyle, and by other methods in harmony with the gospel of Christ. <laughs> I could see your head doing the uh, syllables, uh, nodding. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. It's, it's very rhythmic. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very rhythmic. Um, so we got evangelism and missions. I've, got, I've broken it up here into three basic parts, evangelism and missions, the duty and privilege, evangelism and missions, the spiritual necessity, and evangelism and missions, the command of Christ. So the first thing this, this uh, statement points out to us is that evangelism and missions is the duty and the privilege of every follower and every church of Jesus Christ. 
Um, where in the world are we getting this idea that emissions and evangelism is so uh, important uh, for the individual Christian and for the uh, church? Where in the Bible do we to, do we see this importance being placed? Well, I think Matthew twenty eight is you know, kind of cornerstone, foundational. It's, it's Jesus's last words to his disciples yeah. before he would ascend to the right hand of the Father, and basically gives them the imperative you know, to go. Literally, as you are going, go, therefore, and make disciples mm. of all nations. So there's that kind of last, his last teaching, mm-hmm. his nugget that he passed on to his disciples to say, listen, go into all the worlds, and he, all the world, and he, and he made it clear, teaching them and baptizing them, you know, and, uh, and so I think that is where we get it, and I think the, the, that's, I think that's why missions and evangelism are, are, are together. They're not, like, mm-hmm. separate, you know, distinct, but they're, they're one, and they're, they're together, because it's the idea of being missional means you're, you're sending, you know, you're, you're being sent, the sentness mm-hmm. aspect of, of the, the Great Commission, right. which all of us are, as followers of Christ, we are sent different you know, it looks different, you know, perhaps in some others, you know, it may not be overseas perhaps, but we're sent to be gospel people. Mm, mm. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's the duty and the privilege of, of Christ's followers, mm. but also of a church. What does that mean? Uh, so I guess, first of all, it says it's a duty. How is it the duty of uh, what, like, what does Jesus want from, what does he command uh, and place upon as far as a duty for our local church, as far as uh, evangelism and missions. What does Christ command us as as MMBC to do? We need to preach the gospel. Is that what you mean? Yeah, answer? I'm just trying right? to see. Yeah, because it says the duty and privilege of every church yeah. um, to endeavor to make disciples of all nations. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I what does I, that look like for I us? I probably view this different than some. I would say. Uh, You'd see some churches say it's our duty to go and share the gospel to all nations, and that's our goal. Um, I don't think that's our goal at MMPC. <laughs> We're not going to reach all nations mm-hmm. where we are. Uh, so we need to be faithful to do it where we are, for mm-hmm. first and foremost, I would say. Uh, so locally, uh, Monroe area could extend it to Toledo area. You know, where our people, our church people are, um, that's where we want to be sharing the gospel and be a gospel witness there. We want to be light in a dark world. We want to be bold in our faith and not be ashamed of whose we are, right, and what God has done for us. And and so we have the duty then, which is God telling us to to share with others what he has done in our life, right, to share with others, though, also the good news that there is salvation for them through the blood of Christ and nowhere else. So there's this duty that we're called to do that. But it also says it's a privilege, and we do. We have the privilege of having the best news ever. You know, you think about like, you think about if you were a TV reporter, and they gave you the task to go on. Listen, we're about to go into breaking news, and this is what you're going to tell the world: the war's over. You're like, sweet, I get to be the one to tell this. You might, I mean, I'm sure the reporters still want to be the one to say, "Hey, the war's starting," because they get fame with it and everything else. But to say. The war's over. What good news? Like, everyone's going to be excited when I say this. The war's over. We as Christians have the privilege of sharing good news with people to say, listen, this war in your life actually has been won through Christ, mm-hmm. if you accept that. And that's a privilege to be able 
to be able to do that and to share that with our kids and with our family members and with our with our neighbors when we have opportunity or or whatever that might whatever that might be and so uh I think that's the duty of the church. So we do have that locally, but God does God is kind to us where he's opened other doors for us as a local congregation to um share the gospel in other places around the world and it might not be uh me or you you guys going and sharing the gospel with people but we get to support some missionaries that we think are doing a good work in different places and so we support them through prayer we support them financially in some ways or maybe we support them by sending a team to them to help them in their context maybe it's helping you know do like children's work or working on buildings or whatever i mean it could go in a lot of different ways but God has opened that door even for us to um, go and, and do that in other states, in other countries. And so just as God does that, you know, we want to be prayerful about it and and see if, is this where God would have us go also mm-hmm. or not? You know, and so yeah. I think it's our duty then to be good stewards of that and, and try to mm-hmm. think through it well. And I think one of the things that really drew me to Southern Baptist was, was this missional component you know when we were in chicago and we were looking at a couple different options but with the sbc with the chicago metro baptist association there was really this emphasis on on reaching lost you know of engaging lostness i think that was the terminology they used you know to engage lostness and to be the hands and feet of jesus you know to a to a a, a culture that's very you know dark and depraved and uh, I think that's one of the things that I really do love about the SBC is that there is this emphasis on really being missional. The idea that we are sent and our church should be sending, you know, organisms in the sense of like we are to be focused, as, as Pastor Tim said, locally. God has placed us here in Monroe County, but yet we do have an opportunity and a privilege of, of seeing people from our congregation go out into the world or partnering with other um, missions and, and out, uh, church plants and so forth. And I think that's really exciting. So I think it's both. And and I think as we do that, then we, we see that Great Commission mm-hmm. being fulfilled, yeah. um, being faithful to that. So Definitely. So I think that I think there's a helpful emphasis on, the, on actually um, the idea of the privilege mm-hmm. nature. It's not that we have to do this. We get to do this. Um, as far as the the excitement um, of the message itself, the greatness of the message um, itself. So it also it also speaks here, though the Baptist faith and message does as well about the spiritual necessity. It says this: <clears throat> the new birth of man's spirit by God's Holy Spirit means the birth of love for others. And then then it says missionary effort on the part of all rests thus upon a spiritual necessity of the regenerate life. So I want to talk real quick a little bit. It says here that if we have been born again is what it's trying to emphasize is we will have a love for the souls of other people. Um, yeah. I mean, I would word it different. I've, I haven't found much success in trying to get people to evangelize by encouraging them to love others. <laughs> We're just too selfish. Uh, I mean, honestly, um, I think it kind of alludes to it here, but I wish maybe that it would state it more outright. Uh, missionary effort on the part of all rests upon a spiritual necessity of the regenerate life. And what comes with the regenerate life is a love for God and an understanding of who mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what should drive evangelism, mm-hmm. our love for God. Uh, you could almost say 
everybody on this planet should be worshiping God. He deserves it for what he's done. I'm going to do my best to go mm-hmm. share that with them yeah. and let them know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is a more successful way to get people to evangelize. Now, you know, you're not denying that we should love other people. I I think right. what flows though from I think that only flows from understanding God and loving him is then your he will start to melt your heart and turn you to be more like Christ who gave himself up for right. other people. Right. Right? And so as God works that out in your life and in your heart, you will find yourself being drawn to other people and broken over their lostness that then drives you to share the gospel with them. But I think it has to start, and I'm glad it does say that here, right? Only regenerate life can do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Only Christians are going to go and make more Christians, right? Non-Christians aren't going to go and make Christians. Mm -hmm. Christians go and do that. But I think it has to be driven from what God has done in our life and an understanding of what God has done Mm -hmm. in our life. And, uh, that's where in the Great Commission, you know, we always say, uh, go into all nations, baptizing them, right, and make make disciples. Well, that's great, but we do, off, Dave didn't do this, I was happy, but most people do this. They forget the part about teaching them to observe all things. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spencer, you preached this week in the evening about Paul's conversion. Paul's one of the smartest men in Israel. He gets saved by God's grace, and he even has to wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God doesn't send him out right away. All right, now go tell everybody about Jesus. Mm-hmm. He goes and he waits. Mm-hmm. He gets trained. He talks with other believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think oftentimes we we can kind of fail at that. Is all right now, just go tell everybody about your story of what God has done in your life, and that's called evangelism. <laughs> yeah, and we don't teach them well enough about who God is, what God has done in their life, help them to grow in that aspect, and help them. And let them have time to be cultivated by God to start loving people how they mm-hmm. should, which would cause them to evangelize probably better mm-hmm. in a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And John Piper, in his book, Let the Nations Be Glad, says exactly that, that missions flows out of worship. It's enjoying God. It's, it's revering God. It's having the majesty of God before our eyes. And as we do that, missions will be the natural outcome. Mm-hmm. And we get it backwards. We're like, let's, you know, like, let's go share our story. Let's go, you know, do the, the you know, the Romans road or, you know, these, this checklist. And that can be dangerous, you know, um, because you, you get, you, the glory of God has to be the, the imperative. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Um, it's interesting that, um, and this is this is interesting for a uh, a Baptist uh, thing to do. But it, it, you notice the first scripture reference is Genesis twelve, <laughs> which is the call of Abraham, Abraham yeah. and the promise. So God, Abraham was effectually called by God to Himself, uh, saved, and uh, but the Lord says, "I'm going to make you a blessing to all the nations of the earth." So even back then. In the call of Abraham, God is telling Abraham, the ultimate reason why I've called you is to is to glorify my name, but also to bring about blessing for all the nations of the earth. So what we're talking about here, and I think that's also another aspect that's that um, would be helpful uh, for people to see um, maybe the fact that missions and evangelism 
uh, is not just a New Testament thing, but it has Old Testament roots. Because even Israel was told to do that, to right. be a light to the nations. Now, they right. they shut themselves off. At least that's what I'm, I'm sure some did it well, maybe right. to other nations. But they seemed to shut themselves off. And it was like, no, they were right. supposed to be mm-hmm. a light right. to the other nations, to point them to the law and to the, you know, yeah. the perfection of right. God. To remind them promise of the seed of the woman is going to come yeah and and we see uh, one of the great missionary tracks of the bible is jonah yeah um yeah. in the old testament so i think that's a helpful thing as well because that actually makes it more uh focused upon the triune god's work mm-hmm. in, in missions mm-hmm. and not simply a very uh man-centered way which jonah is a good example i think of what i was saying before he went to nineveh because he loved god not because he loved Nineveh. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. And even begrudgingly. You right. Know, and he's, like, yeah. I'll he's, do and it. And he does have to, but he does have to get uh, rebuked by the Lord and say, yes, you should love them. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? That's the, absolutely. But you're right. It needs to be the primary motive needs to be mm-hmm. um, for the, the glory and the honor mm-hmm. of the Lord. Yeah. The Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it is, it is a difficult thing because I have seen people evangelizing who I would love to go up to and say, hey, you got to stop doing that because you're leading people astray. The stuff you're saying is not accurate according to I see your zeal. Mm-hmm. I think you're a Christian. I think you probably have been saved, but you don't know what you're talking about. And you're, you're actually hurting people, I think, more than you are helping them in this instance. Right, right. You know, and again, I... I think someone who just comes to the Lord, let's say somebody saved this Sunday, I honestly believe Monday they could go to work and tell people about it, and God could use that, and now their coworker comes right. to the Lord. So don't, I don't think you need a seminary degree. Right. I just think you have to be, you have to be careful at times, and, and you should learn more so that you can share because yeah, these these one time like split second conversions, I don't think are that common. I think oftentimes it's more through conversation. Mm-hmm. over time, mm-hmm. God working in the person's life. And so that means knowing more of his word. I mean, I, I think that's what it was for me growing up in church. I was just saturated with the word of God at church, taught about God, mm-hmm. right? And and so it took years of that mm-hmm. Sure, that God used in my life. Well, and, and that's the way, um, at least the post-apostolic church, before you were baptized, you were part of what they called the catechumenate. Mm-hmm. Which was you were, you were, in a sense, put under the church's care as a learner, mm-hmm. as a hearer, but you were not a baptized member mm-hmm. yet of the church. So, but that you would be there for a while to be. The point was they their idea was is in order for you to that Christianity wasn't simply. Um, there there was some there was some truths and some information and some doctrines that you needed, some basic things that you needed to get solidified. Mm. The transition from turning from the world of darkness to the world of light, while you could be saved and you were going to go to heaven when you died, but they, their point was is they wanted to make sure you were thoroughly instructed on the basics of the faith. Um, and I think that that is something that uh, we, we would do well to recover some emphasis of whatever that looks like for our setting. But, um, but yeah, and you're right. Then, then that makes our evangelism all the more uh, potent. It's interesting, actually, how often Paul, even though his conversion experience, that what happened was important to him, it's also interesting how often he doesn't, he, he brings it up at certain instances, but he also just is telling people 
they should believe this, not because of his personal experience, but because of what actually happened in time and space in Jesus Christ and the doctrines. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also important that Paul wasn't simply going around and telling his story. He was going around and telling the story of what God had done in Jesus Christ. And um, we, 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 we want to make sure that we're not, um, not losing that, I think, as well in our evangelism strategies. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think as we evangelize the lost, what we're going to find in our context is most people we come across are going to say, yeah, I, I believe in God. Um, I grew up in church or I, grew, I went to a Catholic church or I went to, you know, a Methodist church or something. But when you start talking to them, you know, you'll see like they're not practicing going to church currently or you run into cross people who've heard some things from some other people. And so they have some little bit of thing and a lot, a lot of times, a lot of work of evangelism is uh, trying to show these people what they think is wrong already. Right. You know? Right. And mm-hmm. I I mean, I at least very, I, I can't remember the last time I came across somebody who was like, I have no idea what any of that is. Mm-hmm. Like a clean slate. Sure. I, I can't, I mean, imagine evangelizing somebody that's a clean slate. Like, that would be very refreshing to me because like, I don't have to break down all these walls first of things you well, it could be the the one thing is, is uh, though if they don't have a if they don't have a, even a Christian understanding, for instance, maybe even of creation, yeah, you have to build all that in yeah, too. Yeah, I understand right? yeah. that, but I just saying like a lot of times it's I'm a Christian. Well, why are you a Christian? I grew up in in church. Okay, what well, you know, and like you're having to sure re-talk through things. You know what I mean? Redefine, um, redefine. Yeah, like. Uh, I hear now there's people who are like, I'd rather have a church plant. Why? Why don't you want to go to a church and pastor? Because they're doing, I'd rather just start fresh. That, you know, and yeah. I, I don't agree with that necessarily. Right. But you kind of, I, I kind of feel that sometimes with the evangelism. It's like, man, it'd be refreshing just to have your regular old lost person who didn't have all this, <laughs> these false things in their mind of what, of what the gospel is or needs to be in order for them to be saved yeah. or you can just talk with them one on one on one here. But yeah, you're right, Spencer. I mean, even if you come across that person who hasn't, has no knowledge of it all, then you need to know what you're saying isn't leading them astray. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean that you right. got it right. And, and that's where for me, this became such a bit, this sounds horrible. This became a really big deal when I was called to my first pastorate. It was like, Holy cow. People are coming to me and want mm, answers, mm. and I want so badly to give them the biblical answer all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. I want to always be right biblically, mm. not mm-hmm. in my own logic or whatever, because this is a serious matter. Sure, and I think that needs to be the case for all Christians. We shouldn't be willy nilly mm-hmm. for in our evangelism and in our missions. We need to be sure that what we're saying is is the truth and what we're supposed to be saying. Right. Well, and, and also you, you see the preaching of the apostles in Acts. There's a basic set of facts that they keep repeating. Mm-hmm. There was this guy named Jesus. He went about doing good. He was filled with the Spirit. They crucified him, but God raised him again on the third day. Therefore, repent and believe because he's the judge of all the earth, right? And you can be forgiven of your sins through his name. There's a consistent set, a pattern of preaching that shows that pattern of sound words is the message that should be proclaimed. And um, that is is the consistent uh, gospel that we're to to proclaim. Paul does that again in 1 Corinthians 15. This is the gospel I proclaim to you. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised. Um, and this is the task of the church, and this is the other part where it's talking about duty, right? This is the duty of the church, nothing else. 
and some churches go astray in that, right? right. Where now the duty of the church is uh, uh, reconciliation of peoples or to right. feed everybody right. or to make sure that everybody has a house to sleep in right. or whatever. And we can, again, I'm not saying those are bad things. It's just that's not what we are called to first as a church or even as individual Christians. Mm-hmm. We are to be people who share the gospel with people. That is our goal in all that we do. And teach them all and that te- he has commanded. Yes, yeah, right. right. Yeah. And, yeah. and then to teach them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which I would say falls on the church. You know, I would never expect somebody in our church to share the gospel with somebody and then say, it's your job now to teach them everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, that's the yeah, job no, of the you're church. Right, you're they right. need to be a part of right, a church right. where mm-hmm. they can be taught. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that also highlights the importance, though, of the preached word. Because while we do believe God works through the individual witness of Christians, ultimately the goal is to bring them to the service because not because we're holy or whatever, but because God has ordained the preaching of his word. You see again in Acts, how often are people saved through the preaching of scripture, of the word of God, Pentecost, Philip in Samaria, um, you know, Paul's ministry was a preaching ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, the goal is to bring them to uh, be underneath the preached word of God. Yeah. Um, that is the goal, ultimately. I yeah, think. and it seemed like that started to get pushed aside. I remember in my younger years, there was like this, there used to be this emphasis of bringing people to church, and it kind of turned to you can share the gospel with them. You don't need to just bring them, don't need to bring them to yeah. church to do that. And mm-hmm. I think maybe that was a bad uh, shift. Yeah. Um, because there's something to be said about getting people to come to church with you where they hopefully will hear the gospel yeah. being preached by somebody who's been called, taught to do it, you know, uh, and to do it well, hopefully. Yeah. And we kind of got away from that so much so now where people tend to think, yeah, like, yeah, you don't ever have to go to church. I'll just share the gospel right. with you, and you're good to go. And it's like, uh, no, God uses the church. You should get them in church. Right, right. Yeah. And even the parachurch movement, I mean, that was big in the 90s, you know, with Campus Crusade crew and, you know, all that. It's like, oh, you can just, you know, do that. You know, go to crew, go to your campus ministry, but you don't really need to be involved in the church because this is your, you know, and then you go share the gospel with other students and bring them to, you know, this parachurch right. ministry. And right. There, there has been a lot of damage, I think, of separation between, mm-hmm. like, evangelism and the local church. Right. Which is unfortunate, and God never intended that to happen. But, no, you know. no. Okay, so evangelism and missions, the command of Christ. Um so first of all, as he says, he commanded the preaching of the gospel to all nations. So I think the point of this is to say there's not a certain group of people that God says, oh, by the way, don't go reach these people. They're yeah. too bad. They right. don't deserve the preaching of the gospel. So he's actually commanded the opposite, that we are to take the gospel to everyone and anyone everywhere. Um, that is to be our desire to, uh, because Jesus is the Lord of all the earth. And the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of God and of his of his Christ. Yeah, I mean, you see this hot-button topic today, for sure, of racism and stuff and how the oh, church yeah. needs to address it and all these different things. And the church really has addressed it in what you just said. And what, I mean, this it says to go to all nations. There's yeah. no room for that within the church. Yep. The gospel's for all people. Right. I mean, and then... Paul extended it to like rich and poor in in First yeah. Corinthians eleven. Like, 
you who have are mm-hmm. coming, you're eating and you're shunning your right. brother who doesn't have much. No, 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 no. That's not how this right. is, right? This gospel covers everybody, good, bad, poor, rich, right. nationality, doesn't matter. You know, and, and Paul's really fighting for this because he's saying, I'm going out to the Gentile, which is mm-hmm. anybody who's not of Israel. Right. And he's saying the gospel's for all these people. And this is what we do. This is this is where we go. And so um the gospel, the you know, the Bible speaks heavily and just really abolishes any room for for racism. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. Right away. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. Um I think most uh honestly, when I really think about it, mo- almost every church I've ever been in would say that. Yeah. I don't think they would deny that. No, I, I can't <laughs> think of Yeah, and I think that um yeah, I mean, you think about the, the the demographics that Paul was uh, was willing to preach to. He tells us in First Timothy chapter two that we are to pray for kings, for those who are in authority, um, because he says there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And also, he says we preach to slave and free. We preach to the uh, the master. We preach to the master and to the slave. We preach. Do you know to how far east? How far east Paul made it ever? You mean uh, west, east or west? East. He says he was in Arabia at some level. At so, some I mean, point. his ministry spanned from there all the way to, they say, maybe Spain. Yeah. That yeah. he might have made it to Spain. So you think about the people that he saw, right? And everywhere he goes, he's like, this is for you. This message is for you. Right. This message is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, the elite, the yeah. smart, this yeah. is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, the ignorant. Right. This is for you. He's going all over and, and mm-hmm. did that. And, right. Uh, it's really a beautiful thing that God has, God has done, um, and that we get to be a part of. You know, like I said, it's just mm-hmm. racial reconciliation. All this is like these, these phrases that people want to throw around. It's like, well, really, that's what the gospel has done all along, or should have that, been at least. Yeah. I mean, this isn't something new, <laughs> right? Right, and it's <laughs> yeah. always been done through, uh, yeah, through a proclamation of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah that God forgives all of our sins for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He also says it's the duty, says it's the duty of every child of God. And he said, they, it gives a few different ways um, to seek constantly to win the lost of, to Christ by, it says, and first of all, it says verbal witness. Now this was a big addition to the 2000 statement from what I read in the, uh, hmm. in that commentary, because uh, Tom Rainer, I believe said that it wasn't in there before. The phrase "verbal witness" was not in there because it and uh, or something like that. Okay, is am I right? I'd have to go and look to see if because it was in the uh, maybe 63. I thought I thought maybe he was saying like um, it was absent as if you could share the gospel without verbally sharing it. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, it was pretty popular in the '90s to say you're the only Bible some people will ever read. Right. And so, it, and it wasn't necessary. It wasn't about you sharing the Bible. It was about you living out the Bible. Or, you know, share the gospel and wait, what was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by, uh, Tom, by, uh, not, um, Francis. Oh, Asiri. preach the gospel at all times. Yeah. And if necessary, use, use words. words. That was big. Right. Yes. I right. heard that phrase a lot when I was an early Christian in the nineties, right. you know, like, and it sounds really cool. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds really good. And, um, and I don't know, maybe it wasn't added in, but anyway, Tom Rainer was talking though about um, this this phrase, uh, at the very least, about the idea of verbal witness because you can't share the gospel without verbally sharing a message. Hello, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, your life is not the gospel. Mm-hmm. 
um, faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing yeah. by the word of God. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, your, my life is not the gospel, but the life of Jesus is the gospel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I have to share that with you. Um, so it has to come. We have to share the, those basic facts that he died for our sins, that he rose again, that he uh, is the judge of all the earth, and that he forgives uh, sinners. Uh, right. Second of all, it also says, though, that it has to be uh, undergirded by a Christian lifestyle. So, right, so and that is kind of, uh, and that is true, that um, our life needs to be, well, Paul will use language like it needs to adorn the gospel. Mm-hmm of our savior and our life needs to adorn the message that we share, not be uh, something that would detract from the message uh, that we share. You see this with Paul's talk of like Christian liberties and all this and him saying, I would, I don't want anybody to stumble because of what I'm doing. And so I will get rid of all of my liberties for the sake of the gospel, right? In this person's life. And so you see him living that out, right? Right. Is I don't, basically what he's saying is I'm not living in a way that's going to prove to them the gospel or show them that I'm going to negate myself from stuff. So I'm not a hindrance yeah. to you hearing the gospel uh, of what I'm, of what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. He doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to walk in eating on this piece of meat. And right away the people are like, get out of here. Right. We're not listening to anything you have to say. Sure. Right. He sure. wants to walk in. So they're like willing to hear. Right. And then he's going to trust that God will work in their life from the gospel and what's happened. He says, I don't want to be a he, he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So Paul is saying, imitate me, because what I'm doing is imitating Christ, mm-hmm. uh, doing everything for the glory of God so that they may be saved. And lastly, it says, not simply verbal witness, Christian lifestyle, but it also says that we are to do this by other methods in harmony with the gospel of Christ. What does that mean, Tim? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How else? I uh, uh, don't know exactly what I'm that not means. I'm sure what that means. <laughs> um, I mean, you have your verbal witness and you have a Christian lifestyle. I don't know what more you need. A billboard? Um, a song? I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. I really don't know don't what know other why, methods. I don't um, know why that's in there. I mean, I have a study book here. Or maybe. Maybe. What do they say? Maybe. This is, and this is an approved from the, the SBC yeah, Vatican. The, yeah. Right um, is, they don't even bring it up. It just uh, says duty and privilege to all nations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it could be other factors, like you said, maybe music or, um, you know, drama, whatever other factors that would be in harmony with the gospel, other mediums, maybe, Okay, you know, that possibly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know, because it just kind of is, it's very yeah. open. It's very open. Yeah. Maybe a cantata. Maybe a cantata, Tim. <laughs> Tim? Yeah, it wouldn't have worked on me, but maybe others. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked on me. <laughs> well, there was that big thing again. Can you be saved and asleep at the same time? <laughs> oh. You know, that in the 90s, this was big, those, those um, like... Uh, dramas of hell, like they show, oh. they depicted a car crash, you know, and they, this person went to heaven. This, that was yeah. big, you know. What, I don't think all that, you know. But anyway. Yeah, you could do, I guess, a haunted house. Yeah, you know, like you I'm know, sure those churches kinds of do those things. You yeah, could do. do it, whether or not they're in harmony, I'd rather yeah. stick to what we know <laughs> to simplistic. do, yeah. which is uh, church life. 
Yeah. Yeah. Faithful Christian yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Share the gospel. Mm-hmm. We don't really need more. Yeah. Right, let, let me state it that <laughs> way. Okay. Yeah. Right. Good work. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you've got any questions about what other methods are in harmony with the gospel of Christ. Ask you Scott. Can, it, it, yeah. <laughs> That's S. Slater at mmbconline.org. Yeah, he would love um, to. He would love to interact with you about that, yes. whether or not your your method is in is in harmony with the gospel of Christ. Um, Mr. Faith. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys, for doing this. Um, thank you for listening. Um, we appreciate that. Hopefully this has been helpful uh, to walk through uh, the Baptist faith and message. We're going to continue next week. I don't know what chapter we're on, but... Um, I was just looking at it. Is it about cooperation? Yeah, let me do your job for you real quick. Yeah, please do. Mm. Or it could be the family or there's any number number of things. Um, Uh, We have education and then stewardship and then cooperation. Is there Christian and social? I think we should add another chapter on fried foods. Well, let's see if it gets there. Peace and war, religious (laughs) liberty. The family, we could include fried foods maybe. Yeah, (laughs) fried foods underneath there. That could be one of the methods in harmony with the gospel. There you go. Yeah, potluck. Yeah, potluck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, no. (laughs) Oh, boy, the the famous potluck. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Take care. God bless.